Welcome to the grant, the EU funding podcast. My name is Nils Tudor and I am the creator, editor and host of The Grant. The Grant is an independent, non-commercial podcast initiative with the ambition to dig into all corners of the EU R&D funding system on topics of interest for the full EU R&D funding community. Back in the summer of 2022, I had one of my first guests on the show, Marie Latour, who gave us all a broad introduction to the European Partnerships. An immediate realization was that I wanted to explore these partnerships in more detail to give you, dear listeners, an idea of what these organizations do, what role they play in the whole EU R&D funding program framework, and how they interact with their members, stakeholders, and not least, the EU Commission. I reached out to one of the partnerships that I know best, ASPIRE, the partnership covering sustainable process industry. I've been connected to the organization on and off over the last seven years and have been involved in some of their stakeholder activities collecting input for work program priorities. The European partnership arm of this work is now labeled Processes for Planet. I am honored that I managed to get Director Agnes Ordener and Chair of the Advisory Structure Luther Deals on board for a thematic double episode on Processes for Planet. This is part two of this thematic episode on processes for planet. Here, the talk moves into the coordination with the EU Commission, and thereafter we dig into the operational level of how processes for planet works with their members, securing that the stakeholders get their message through, and not least, how you manage all this as a small secretariat of a European partnership. Don't miss this episode. Please enjoy. That's also why you um, you have the the privilege to develop your own calls. But that's based on, as far as I can remember, at least I don't know if that has changed. But when I was sitting in the wind <clears throat> with the wind people, that so you sent suggestions to the commission, and then the commission. There's a process where the commission they are scaling down, so to say, of a selection process. Is that correct? Of course. Yep. It, it, if I may, it's it's a comitology process, right? So it's iterative. Mm-hmm. So yes, we make proposals to the commission. The commission makes proposals to us. There is a, a thorough discussion on on the topics, both first on the priorities, then on the content of the topics. Then they also the commission discusses this also with the. The, the the member states at the program committees of uh, Horizon Europe, and then they come back to us, and then we start the discussion again, and they they go back to the member states, and then they come back to us. So this is an iterative process of exchange of knowledge and expertise and 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 policy requirements, because what we the important thing is that we develop the right topics, so we have the right projects that. Uh, the, the, that then develop the right innovations to contribute to the European Green Deal, the circularity package, etc. Yeah, maybe Ludo wants to add something else. 
Yeah, certainly. Yeah. And I would like to uh, to mention a little bit or to go a little bit more in detail to what you mentioned, Angels, about um, interacting about all kinds of boundary conditions. I think I, I just give an example. Uh, we can say, okay, we need uh, process development towards electrification. So that's that's the core of um, or one of the cores of uh, P4 planets. Well, we go to electrify our furnaces, our kilns, our ovens, etc. Very nice. Uh, it's it's a big work, work, uh, but that will consume huge amounts of electricity, and we want to have green electricity. Mm-hmm. And if at the end of the the business, we all uh, set up um, electrified ovens and furnaces, etc., and there is no of, or not enough green electricity, where are we then? So, and this is an element that also we have to take into account in our discussions. And it's uh, it's a very difficult one because we are not how to say direct certainly not directly responsible for it, but it's for us a binary condition. And if we say we go to uh, to waste recycling or to use more biomass, where is the availability? How is the logistics of it done, etc. So do, this is not our business, but we have to take it into account in order to come once the day arrives that we implement it, that we have availability of it. And so this is a point, and I must say that a few years ago, we are not discussing that very much. We were focusing on the process. And now we see that also these points, uh, we have to interact and we have to make studies on availability, how much carbon do we need, how much electricity, how same for hydrogen. And I can sum up a lot of other things, but this is also part now of the discussion. And I um, understand that for the industry, in order to decide to go to certain projects, in order to decide to certain uh, implementations, this is extremely important for them because this is uh, a boundary condition that decides if it is possible or not. So these things is also uh, becoming more and more part of the game, if I can say yeah, exactly this, because it's uh, when you're dealing with these kind of changes, with these kind of, of technological shifts uh, on society, it's on societal level, it's not just a technology level or sector level, it's it's so, you know, like it's, it's, um, it's structure, yeah, it's, it's down to some of the basis elements where everybody needs to go in the same direction, and things overlap everywhere, so that makes your work in developing uh, calls for the sector more complex do you do you coordinate anything at all um, in relation to the other partnerships and the other parts of the work programs there is a coordination there no yeah so we have a, a special person even who is the the leader of what we call the collaborations mm-hmm. but i must say that uh, more and more i have the feeling that is the the leader of the alignments so we try mm-hmm. as much as possible to set up different discussions with different other partnerships mm-hmm. in order to align all the research and developments that we are uh, promoting uh, so that uh, on one end we avoid that there is any overlap so that two partnerships would do the same but on the other end also that we are very complementary and that we do not create any gaps and uh, so in that way 
This is also something that is quite new, but from the beginning of P4 Planet, we set up this idea of uh, collaborations in order to define and to have a lot of negotiations with other partnerships, um, how we will do it and how we utilize the um, the budgets in the best way on both sides in order to reach our common goals. Because in a lot of cases, it is a combination uh, processes. Um, let me say it otherwise. Um, new materials based on biomass, for instance, are developed in, uh, in CBE, mm-hmm. but the processes on the improvement of the processes are very often part of the process for planet discussion. And in that way, we have to see how we uh, optimize all these things so that we make the highest progress. The final point is that we must create impact. The objective is not just to um, develop new innovative technologies. No, we have to, to bring them to a level that we can implement them full scale So it means that we need the logistics, we need the energy, we need everything available, and we uh, must do it then at the end also in a competitive way. And we as process industry, we have um, investment rounds of every 20, 25 years. So it's, it's not something that we can say, oh, let's do it today, and in five years we make another plant. No, the plant that we wrecked today will still be working uh, in 25 years. So we have to, to think about that uh, very carefully as well. There's, if, if I may uh, add something, um, Niels, um, it's also very important to understand, to understand that um, since we are a partnership, we are also doing an analysis of the portfolio of the projects that are supported by the partnership. First, Aspire, and now processes for planet. Oh, oh, yeah. uh, and then this allows us to build on the knowledge from the projects so that we don't publish, we, we don't have calls that are repeating and funding projects that have been already funded. And that's very important. But also, mm. um, uh, w- once the commission has set the, pro- the world program, they always analyze and see whether there are there is any call that is uh, too, uh, very much uh, similar. And then they always ask us uh, to say, hey, let's review these two topics to see what is the, di- the real difference and to see how to, to make sure that there's no, no a duplication. And I would like to add uh, one more thing. In all this process of, of developing the, 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 the priorities and the calls, in the case of processes for planet, we have also what we call a feedback panel where we have a dialogue with the civil society. And this is very important because uh, there are NGOs, specialized NGOs uh, participating in this feedback panel that uh, discuss with us on the priorities of our work program and of our SRIA and then of course, then the industry needs to decide what uh, they will do with this feedback. But uh, we, we give them, we, it is very good to have this dialogue with civil society to see, are, is this in line with what uh, the society is requesting? Yeah? So this is also an important point. Very. Uh, it's, just, it's just adding to, for the listeners to understand the complexities here. 
Um, so it's 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 cross-sectoral. It goes into the civil society also. It's 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 uh, calibrating with with the larger policy uh, uh, decisions from the Commission um, on all kinds of different papers and <clears throat> directions and so on and so forth. Um, it, so it's um, I think. How many people are you? <laughs> Because you're quite a small organization, huh? In the secretariat, we are right now five people. Uh, I always say we are a, a, a very small organization managing a high level of complexity. Um, so, as I said, <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, yeah, we started. Uh, Aspire started with 40 founding members. We are. We have now more than 190 members which means we are sending uh -huh. our bulletin to more than 700 people, which are members collaborating mm -hmm. some way or the other, either in the permanent working groups, either in the uh, workshops that we do, either in the teams of uh, what we call the transversal teams, which is working on this portfolio analysis, on foresight analysis, on digital aspects, on these collaborations that Pluto have mentioned. So we have a board of directors plus an advisory board plus a partnership board. So it's a, it, there, there is a high level of, of, of complexity for sure. And it's, uh, uh, I think, um, The ASPI members are very happy to have a, a great team to their service and, and always willing and happy to support. So <laughs> I think it's also important to recognize their value. Huh? Being having a background in the ecosystem <clears throat> for many years, I can I can reassure the listeners that you need to have an intellectual depth. Uh, at a higher level, so to say, uh, because there are so many things you need to um, be to, to understand and put together in your head when you are working in an organization like yours. So kudos to all of you, um, and especially on the director level. It's not just because you're a guest on my show. I know exactly what it is that you, uh, what what kind of uh, of work you do. And actually, as I say, I know exactly, but I don't because I haven't been one myself. But I know the I know the areas, and you just paint them for us. Um, what you need to have an understanding of as a director in a small organization. You don't have a lot of people that you can delegate to. Eh? It's it's uh, you need to have a finger in in, in everything. Correct. Uh, yes, uh, within the team, yes. Uh, I must say, again, I'm very happy to have a great team. So um, I really thank for that. But then also, um, it's very important in a partnership like uh, like ours, and I don't think this is only the case of ASPI, Happy for Planet, but it's the case of the 49 partnerships in Europe. But it's very important that we don't only manage a, a team under contract huh? uh, all the people in the in the advisory and programming group all the people in the permanent working groups in the board of directors all of them are contributing just uh, without being extra uh, receiving any extra income right so they are 
contributing yeah. by, by being supported by their companies. But this is real job that they are doing. We could not do it without them. We could not do it do it with people without people yeah. like Ludo, like the vice chairs of the APG and everybody that, that is involved there. So um and this is an extra a larger team that we manage uh, and that the team, the, 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 the core team of the office supports. Huh? So this is very important. This is a, a, an important network um, discussion and collaboration that, that is fundamental for us to achieve the goals. Yeah, and I think it's important Oh, it's a, it's at least it's an element to flag here because you have from the from the real world. I always call this <laughs> this funding world of the EU a parallel world. In the real world, <laughs> if you talk about lobbying or influencing, or people have this idea that it's super big money, it's super sleek that you just uh, shovel in, you're like, and, and nothing is at all being done for free. It's uh, very expensive that you pay lobbyists to. You're like, this is the exact opposite. It's it's uh, it's people that are very busy in their businesses where they do their work trying to make through with the with the business models and and where they are making their business. They add this extra on their time to be involved in this for something that they don't even know if they would get something concrete. You know, they cannot be be, be guaranteed they get funding. For what comes out in the end, you know, they, but they exactly. do it with the purpose of shaping and improving an industry that they are deeply involved and committed to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very often, their main reward or the main immediate reward is getting knowledge, which is not a minor thing, but uh, as you were saying, it's not the same as getting money directly for that. Huh? It's a very different nature. So you need no. to have some um, commitment, some uh, genuine commitment with that uh, at the personal level also, if, if you are part of this. Now, um, I want to be, yeah, there are many different currencies here. There are money and then there are the, the value of network and the value of being connected to, to, to knowledge networks and stuff like this. Um, and I, this we can have a talk about what I need to make sure, Luda, because you need to leave in six minutes. Uh, so I need to I need to make sure that you cover the areas before I fire I I uh, I, I round up because uh, there are some things here that I can see on the that I will continue with angles when you leave. But are there anything here from the rundown that we need to make sure that you have a comment? Uh, thanks, Niels, for giving me the floor for this uh, last minutes. I, I have th <laughs> two things that I would like to to add. And the first one is that uh, we mentioned, it was uh, shortly mentioned by angels, but also we have to deal with the member states. And the member states, it depends a little bit of the, the member states, of course, but in a lot of cases, they do have also very big um, national or regional research programs leading to similar developments, uh, etc. So we have also to align with them and to see mm -hmm. how we can make use of these funds and, and budgets uh, yeah. in, in, the, in the best way and to avoid that, again, repeat things that are done in one of the member states, etc. So uh, for that, we have what we call 
um, an ambassadors group, so people that are uh, making the interaction with their member state in order to uh, have this uh, agreement about what is ongoing there, but also to inform the member states about what we are thinking that is important. So it goes again in both directions. But this is a, another activity and we felt really the need for that. So it was not existing uh, five years ago. We, we, we felt really that we uh, needed that. And so this is now up and running. And so uh, we expect quite a lot uh, from it uh, as well. And another point I would like to make, and that's my final point, is that um, the, um, ex- the, the unexpected uh, issues that arise all the time. And so uh, that's also an issue that you cannot describe even in uh, Sria or in, um, in calls, etc., So uh, we had the COVID crisis. Um, It was not foreseen and it created other ways of working, other ways of thinking, other ways of um, uh, business models that all of a sudden could um, be used and other business models that needed to be discarded, etc. We have now the energy crisis, uh, which is all of a sudden... Uh, bringing to the to the attention re- renewable energy in a way that oh uh, some energies could be cheaper and if we are independent then the price is not so bad as we thought in the past etc. So uh, all these crises also must be involved in in a certain way. Another one is resilience, so the dependency of other materials, and again. Now with the Ukraine uh, war, uh, we we know that uh, the dependency of certain metals all of a sudden is is an issue. Um, we know that for others, uh, the dependency from other countries is an issue, etc. And so this forces us to look more to renewable energy, to look more to recycling, etc. And I think uh, all of a sudden it creates conditions that are helpful on one end, but on the other end, uh, also um, that expect a lot of flexibility uh, from all of us. And uh, so we cannot stick to a a very static plan. We must keep our eyes open to availability of the flows to crisis that will come to us and we will must not think it will this will be the last one no others will come so and this makes that we need a flexible um, uh, open community being able to um, to change ideas to transform to go into transition into a little bit other directions than we thought a few years ago and we cannot say oh this was my idea I want to defend it until I'm dead no that's not possible we have to be flexible in all these things yeah. and so I think that's also an element that uh, needs a lot from the the office of Aspire, but also from all our members that are part of this, uh, yeah, changing world, uh, and that have to uh, to take that into account in a, the most optimal way. Having said that, I must apologize. Uh, <laughs> 
think I, I have to leave now. Jude, thank you so much for your time. I will finalize the, the, this episode with Angus uh, over the next uh, 10, 15 minutes uh, to, to cover the last elements we need to talk about. Okay. Thank you so much for, for having you on board again. It's always lovely. And I, uh, I will get back to you. Don't worry. <laughs> It's not the last time you, you've been on board here. <laughs> okay, Niels. We'll stay in touch. And Niels and Angels, have a nice weekend and see you all uh, very soon. Thanks. Thank you, Ludo. Have a nice weekend too. (laughs) So, Magnus. Are there any of the things that uh, that uh, that Ludo just mentioned that you 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 have? Yeah, a I, I think he has described two very important points, which are very aligned with what he um, what we have discussed before. I would add just one more thing. I think um, as a public-private partnership, we are supporting our members for these innovations, and we are part of Horizon Europe, which is supporting up to TRL seven. But then the Commission, the Member States, the Parliament, the European Parliament requests us impact. Impact, 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 impact. This is the great word in the framework programs. But then impact only comes when the when the technologies are developed uh, uh. at TRL9. Yeah. So for those who are not uh, aware of the TRLs system, this is when yeah. an innovation is ready to go to the market. For other types of industries, moving from TRL 7, which yeah. is at a, at a smaller scale demonstration level, to TRL 9, for the process industry, can represent five, 10 years, and, uh, or even 20 sometimes. No, let's say five, 10 years of investments to prove that the innovations are ready, are feasible technically, but also economically. And this is a great challenge. This is, for me, the toughest challenge that uh, we have as uh, as partnership. And it's included in Austria. And that's why we have, for example, an impact panel where we discuss with the fun- funding uh, bodies So to see which are the gaps, which are the issues that are preventing or or can pre- prevent the innovations to really get to market. If without that, there's no impact in society, uh, and we want an impact in society and the planet. So for me, that is the the toughest challenge that we have. Uh, uh, uh. You uh, you took the the last segment I have, but that's fine. We have it now. Um, so with this, do you do you make this reality check uh, towards the commission? I guess you do. No? Sure. Try because you on on what is expected of the impact outcomes of the of each call text that you are that are being realized from your side that. I guess that this is a <laughs> also a pedagogic <laughs> uh, sure, sure. exercise. I mean, you have we to take do, this. No? We we do a lot of uh, uh, we we try to raise a lot of awareness uh, to the member states and the Commission on this, and we consider it in the topics. Meaning, 
we always say there's no, for example, one of our uh, ambitions is to reach this drastic reduction of the CO2 and GAG emissions. Um, it's clear for our sectors that there's no there's no single innovation that can deliver this trust, this 100% reduction of the emissions. It's a combination of several innovations together into a novel plant or into a unit, a very novel unit within an existing plant in Europe that can change the way this uh, existing plant works, which can deliver that. So our agreement, our commitment with the Commission is that the topics under Horizon Europe need to develop these technologies that will be able to be integrated afterwards. But then here, the pedagogy needs to be also to the evaluators that need to be aware of our roadmap, of our SRIA, so that they consider and they select the right projects. Of course, we are not part of the evaluation of the projects, but the evaluators need to understand that there is a goal with the projects they are uh, selecting, yeah, and 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 that, and that's for us uh, very important, yeah, yeah, yes. Um, Angus, before you leave, I um, I would like us to touch a little mm -hmm. bit on for the listeners to understand uh, possible uh, members, so to say, what what added added value it is to to be in, involved in this work because mm -hmm. this is also part of what I try to do with with this podcast to sort of be informative about um, uh, trying to demystify uh, something like the European you know like the ecosystem of Brussels or uh, the, how complex it is to be involved in giving input and trying to demystify the complexity of it because it's actually doesn't have to be that uh that complex it's just a matter of knowing where to go and how to get involved and then there's a lot of people that that do a lot of work for them like like organizations like yours i would say that there are different levels of involvement from our members so it's very it's very easy to join they just fill in a, a form online we review it we, we we ask for the board approval and then they immediately can say i'm interested to become a member of this working group that you have. Yeah, we have six working groups, two working on the area of climate air, uh, aspects, two mm -hmm. working on the circularity areas, and two working groups working on the competitiveness aspects, the, the, the three ambitions that we have, right? So they are free to join any of our, of our workshops, of our permanent working groups. But then mm -hmm. also, it very much depends if you are a large industry, you may be interested to, uh, or an intermediate industry or research member, you may be interested to be part of the advisory group, which involves a higher level of work, right? It, but it also involves a, a direct link or, or, or dialogue with the commission. Mm -hmm. But then if you are an SME, you may just be interested to be part of one group or to participate in our workshops, to participate in our yearly brokerage event, to find your partners, to find your um, your coordinators, <laughs> the coordinators of projects, uh, if you don't want to coordinate, and to have this access to understand better the calls, mm -hmm. etc. Or you may say, yeah, I cannot participate on a regular basis, but when you have 
um, when you are writing a paper, for example, on an area which is my expertise, I may be happy to participate during one or two months to review that document. Maybe I cannot participate all along, but I can participate in that. There, there are mm-hmm. me, me, very different reasons why the members join. Um, so, for example, and I will like to put you an, an example of the SMEs, right? Yes, please. In other partnerships, the SMEs are partnerships that receive the innovation. In our partnership, the SMEs are normally innovative partnerships that develop the innovations that the process industry needs. And this is very important because what they are telling us is that they see our SRIA. By seeing our SRIA, by reviewing our SRIA, they see their, their market opportunities. Then by coming to our workshops, they are in direct contact with these industries. It's not so easy to, 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 to know uh, at which door you can knock when you want to uh, work with a large industry, but you have the person there and, the per- and you are able to discuss in the workshop with them or mm-hmm. you are able to discuss with them on, hey, I could be your partner in this project and I explain you why. And then when they are in the projects, they are able to develop the solutions with their customers. So for SMEs, the participation in Aspire is very profitable. And and what we know is that they are growing above the average of the EU, uh, the ones that have been involved in, in that they are involved in our in our activities, so their turnover is is bigger. The, 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 they are having more uh-huh. um, market opportunities, and they are even increasing the number of jobs they are having. So this is very important. And the large organizations they have access to a pool of talent. So imagine a process industry specialized in chemical, cement, whatever. They may not have the digital knowledge that is needed to de- develop their digital twins or the, their, their, um, all the mechanisms that they need to develop for the process control, for example, or process optimization. But then or they don't have this expertise on the artificial intelligence, for example. Not necessarily, but they can find it in, mem- in other members of Aspire and then they can collaborate. And maybe they can do business even outside the projects and that's great. They have this opportunity to access this knowledge of pool for the research organizations, for their universities. They are also in direct contact with these 10 sectors, knowing exactly what they need so that they can fi- fine tune or, or, or have this in mind when they develop their strategies of innovation. Yeah, so it's a win-win when you participate. I really hope you're listening out there because this is a very, very important was Angus has just shared with you because this is, this is, I think, if you want a square root, this is an investment. So going into getting yourself involved in something like this, and I'm not <laughs> saying this to promote Aspire, <laughs> so to say specifically, I'm promoting the the chance that you have as an organization, as an SME or as an industry uh, company, uh, with the challenges that you stare into. Uh, because every every industry stares into some challenges and some issues. 
if you step into to a work like this, if you step into a forum, a forum like this, or fora, if you wanted to be into more, you get exactly what Angus has just painted out. You get access that is so difficult for you to get elsewhere. You get influence on something that is of strategic importance for your organization, and you can flag new things. You can flag things to say, why are we not addressing this? This is something that many within our subcategory within process industry is dealing with, and then it's being discussed, it's being addressed, it's being challenged, and it's being refined into something that can be a a, a in eventually one or two large uh, research and innovation collaboration projects where the finest, strongest technologies or innovation processes are being developed. That's the ultimate. Uh, this is what the investment comes down to. If you do this of your time, probably there's also membership fee, but that has nothing. It's nothing that's going to be a problem for an organization of within this 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 sectors to to deal with. It, when you look at the return of the investment, so it's it's. Exactly. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's summing it up. No, Angus, you know, like it, it, it uh, that. And I've been there myself, so that's why I know. And I've been there, say, I've been there as a, as a grant consulting company, so I'm not not from the industry myself. I've been there sort of uh, involved in the discussions, but more sort of as an observer uh, of what's going on. And I've been involved in the wind part. And this is what it is. It is you have and, and the companies, I can tell you that the companies that has understood this, companies like, like Erster, for instance, in the wind sector, they uh, have for decades involved themselves in affecting and influencing uh, the calls uh, in the ecosystem of the European Commission's research programs because they know that it's of important strategic. Uh, it's important strategically for them to do this in their own calibrating their own innovation strategy yes. and growing as a company. And, and, and I would like to add something for the companies. Another important point: when I arrived here, yep. um, they all told me, "Angel, since we started Aspire, we have a continuous dialogue across the sectors that we didn't have before." And then they are able to understand better not only their own challenges but the common challenges. And the differences across sectors, and then they can work together to solve common challenges, yeah. and that that is a very important point. This is what cross-sector reality means: that they can work together uh, to define solutions for common problems, and they can and and they can even say, "Hey, this sector is doing that. The, the, is is working." on this uh, resolving this problem with this type of innovation why aren't we doing this yeah so it's this pure technology transfer that we are working on and 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 developing solutions yeah. huh? uh, and then we it's also very important in the discussions this happens for also because in aspire we consider we have a sectoral board when we have the industrial association of that sector plus companies of that sector. So we can have somehow somebody who knows what are the discussions of the sector and can provide 
a, a more global uh, perspective, not only the perspective of a single company, which can be very different, and that's uh, uh, th that's fair, right? So it's really a cross-sectorial perspective that is bringing a uniqueness to this community. Yeah. yeah. And there's an element that me and uh, so that Ludo and, and I we we uh, we we also discussed in our our um, episode recorded some months ago. If you do this, if you step into something like this with a pure uh, goal of uh, self uh, own own interest, so to say, uh, <laughs> uh, maximization of own interest, then you won't have anything to do there. Uh, everybody, everybody will very quickly detect what's going on, and everybody will not really want to have anything or too much to do with you, because they realize that you're only there to maximize, uh, go for your own goals and own strategic mm. importance for yourself. Um, people that sit in these places and and have the the real added value out of this. They take a step back from profit maximization of the company, and they stare into a much broader field of collaboration spirit, uh, of solving issues of societal level, sectoral level, and even cross-sectoral level. Um, of course, you will get something. Of that's an added value. Of course, you can grow as a company, but 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 that can never be the sole purpose of you being there. It's, of course, going to help you. That's, of course, uh, the interest that you will have as a company to step into it. But you should do it with an open mind because that's what the other industries also do. They also do it because it's important strategically for them in relation to their own business, but they also do it because it's important strategically for them to, to know broadly about the section, know what's going on in the research world, to know what's going on on societal level, get inputs and uh, and data and information that they could never sure. get anywhere. You, you need to have a mind of uh, collaborate a mindset of collaboration. Otherwise you will not be partnering a project because uh, who wants to collaborate with somebody who doesn't want to contribute, right? So that's very important. Uh, they said there are also members who are joining to to, to learn. Uh, which is also fair. Huh? Some members want to learn and to understand better. And then they contribute in a different way because they, they contribute when they come to the workshops or through other means. Huh? But it's true. We, you, you need to have a mindset of collaboration. That's that's very clear. Yeah, I totally agree. No, Angels, um, we, uh, I think we, sh we sort of been covering the introduction on processes for planet no mm -hmm. yes are there anything that i flew too quickly or are there anything where you say uh... i think we went over the, the main the most important points so no I, th i think we went over the most important points so my only last thing would be be part of it if you are really yeah Looking forward to I can recommend it. contribute to a change for our planet. Be part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but this is matter of, of and then uh, you and, and have fun. 
If, yeah, it's not so complicated. You know, that's I think that should be the main message from me that's been involved in this on the user side. You know, it's it's um, if you get yourself involved, it's as a very short uh, time to to added value. So to say, you will very quickly be in, enrolled in in the activities uh, and the exchange and the networking, and it's gonna you're gonna experience very quickly. Uh, return on on that networking uh, investment, so to say. So I can highly recommend that. What I want to say uh, before we close sure. down is that um, I I constantly try to develop and work with the uh, different uh, with the podcast uh, segments and uh, and angles of my episodes and so on. What I was just thinking, <clears throat> it could be interesting to have an episode right after um, you have had a workshop on the strategic research and innovation agenda. Uh, do you have a process with that now? Or is that closed for the moment or how is it? So we will have our next um, community day on the 22nd of February. And that's when we will gather our members to discuss on the three update. The working groups are already working on that. Mm-hmm. We will have another workshop with the partnerships that will be, so the one on the 22nd of February, it's in Brussels. Mm-hmm. The workshop with the other partnerships will be online and with the feedback panel. That will be by the end of March. We are setting the date now with the commission. And then we expect to have another stakeholders workshop in October okay. when the, the SRIA will be finalized. So you see, we will do it in several steps. Yeah. Is it, yeah. would it be an idea? Now I'm just brainstorming while I'm, I'm, I'm paving as I go. Would it be an idea to have uh, mm-hmm. yourself and one of your members uh, on for an episode uh, shortly mm-hmm. after the last workshop you had to sort of, and then just, just it, that doesn't have to be as long as this episode where we just, where we sort of, what was the workshop about? How did you, how was it, how did it go? How did the, the member experience, you know, like how are they involved and so on? Would that be, um, would that be, be, be something that you would be interested in? Hmm. After the time. workshop in October, you mean? Oh, here in March? Yeah, that would work. Um, or in March, yeah. In March, we would have like partial results. And in October, or, or then we would have uh, already the update of, of the Sria done. So both could work, I think. The, fu- the function of the episode would be for to get sort of open a window into how it is, you know, the process while the process is rolling. So people get more uh, hands, hands-on uh, idea of of uh, of how these things because now we've been talking about workshops we've been talking about events and so on but uh, then digging into just taking an event right after and where it's presented in, in both the members mind and your own about the day and uh, explaining about how you know like the program how it was structured and how the mm-hmm. discussion went and so on uh, just you know like as a yeah a sort of a, a open a window in, into the machine room, so to say, of the way you, the work you do. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it could work. That would be then in April because the workshop would, should be by the end of March or okay. I don't know. As you um, want. Let me put it like this. As soon as we have a date, I can send you an email 
Ja. Ja. And then we see when it's possible. Yeah? Gut. I like that. Ja. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I like to do things concrete to uh, to open up the 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 windows to the whole this whole ecosystem and world that few people actually know about, uh, and also for people within the system uh, across the whole EU funding system. Some people they don't know how these things work. They maybe just sit and write proposals somewhere on the university. Of course, or, <laughs> that, um, that's certainly true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to, just to get a better understanding and spreading the knowledge of of how the whole system works. So good, very well. We uh, let's just say we'll stay in uh, in, in touch uh, on this uh, uh, future episode. Um, Angels. Uh, thank you so much. I'm just going to have a fly out before I'm going to say goodbye to you. So I'm just going to shut down the poker and land the plane uh, before we say goodbye. So dear okay. list, dear listeners, thank you so much for, for listening to the end. I really hope you enjoyed this. It's, it's been, it's been a pleasure to be able to, to get such nice people on board from such an important organization. Um, I hope you enjoyed it uh, opening up into the, the, the influencing uh, corners of, of, of Brussels towards how work programs, they, they come about. Um, do remember to uh, to go to my 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 website uh, thegrand.eu. Here you find uh, the episodes. It starts to become quite solid. More than forty episodes now. Um, there you so you find all the episodes categorized and and in one go. There you will also find the hop that I made where I try to gather sort of of, of directions and resources where you can find webinars and so on. And uh, finally. Um, Please, by all means, if you have sympathy for this initiative, do uh, do subscribe on my to my email list on my website. It's important for me uh, for this initiative to grow uh, to get get a growing uh, list of subscribers. So, by all means, please do. Um, that's that. Angels, thank you so much for coming into the virtual podcast studio. Thanks a lot. It was a real pressure for both uh, Ludo and myself. So thanks a lot, Nils. Yeah, you're lovely, lovely people. It's been it's 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 a pleasure to have you on board. This so thank you so much. Uh, have a nice weekend, and we'll stay in touch. Bye. Sure. Bye.